When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. City of Phoenix is back. <laughs> Welcome into another edition of the PHNX Feedbacks Podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, like I said, known as your mayor of PA, uh, of not Phoenix. PHNX, of Phoenix, of Phoenix. Uh, and just to address rumors, uh, no, I've never uh, mel- met that woman before in my life. And no, I did not pay her 200 D bucks uh, <laughs> to do that. So welcome in. Of course, I'm joined by Mr. Electric Shonda Paz and your vice mayor of Phoenix, uh, Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. I'm amazed you could make time for us today, yeah, Derek. No, Don't you know, have city, city council, city council meetings, meetings to be <laughs> at? You have road roads to fix, right? <laughs> everybody's everybody's tweeting me to fix their roads, like as if that is like it's not the mayor's job to single handedly do that. Contact the Department of City, you know, works and whatnot. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> Uh, get get hold of them. Leave me alone. But you have no idea what the name no of any know. of these things I just, is. I thought I wore a sash and waved, but apparently there's a lot more paperwork involved with this <laughs> position. Uh, just got done kind of reviewing the numbers and getting over the loss. The Arizona Diamondbacks lose to the New York Mets, who honestly have been playing better baseball lately, but neither pitcher. Uh, was very good in this game. You would definitely say neither Zach Davies nor Max Scherzer uh, were unhittable in this one because this was a slugfest between the Diamondbacks and the Mets, and the two starting pitchers were kind of the focal point of of the, the offense. Yeah, I mean, Max Scherzer was was kind of cruising, right? There was the first inning homer to Corbin Carroll, which was incredible once again. <laughs> Corbin Carroll and his, and his ridiculous opposite field power, it was something we've seen before where he just takes – a changeup that was like two or three inches off the outside part of the plate and just goes casually the other way and casually hit it for an opposite. Casu- casually goes opposite. How casually good he is in baseball. Yeah, it is right. <laughs> well, and I mean, of course, like the the power though. Like when we're talking about this home run, his power is just based in hitting the ball really well. Like yeah. it doesn't even look like he's really smashing it. He just he just hits it. He just hits it in the sweet spot of the bat and somehow is almost at twenty home runs. Before the all-star break, I don't think any of us thought that he was going to get much more than 20 home runs in the entire season. And here we all are at the all-star break and he's at 18. Yeah. I mean, it's, he keeps exceeding expectations like in every possible way. I I mean, we talked about it a bunch, like the the contract and everything, but like it is just day by day becoming more and more of a value uh, of a steal for the D-backs. He is just it is just like it's just casual. Let's say it's just so casual. Like he's just <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like he doesn't put any effort into being great. And that's really fun. I saw a graphic today that was like asking about I know we're going to talk about the draft later, but the best um, like first over first set, the first two picks of NF, MLB drafts and like multiple of them. I think two different ones had players that were selected by the D-backs who obviously don't play for the D-backs. Yeah. Um, and it's just it was just sitting there being like, damn, it is nice to feel like like there's a do you guys have their guy for the yeah. foreseeable future? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's it's interesting you bring up his contract because one thing I've pondered is like is is uh, Corbin Carroll living up 
to his contract? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I mean, like, is that why he's playing so well? Or is it, you know, like, it, would he be playing even better if that contract was still out there and he was still playing <laughs> yeah, right? for it? Like, I, I don't know. But, I mean, he seems like the kind of guy that wants to do right by those that did right by him. So mm-hmm. it almost feels like he's playing so well because he wants to make sure that the Diamondbacks do feel like they got a value. And as Jesse and I have talked about quite a bit, Jesse, it feels strongly like he is playing really hard for that rookie of the year so that the Diamondbacks get that draft pick that they get in case he does win that award. Yeah, I mean, what's crazy is that you get that draft pick not only if you win rookie of the year, but if you finish top three in MVP voting. And that part of it has <laughs> he, also very much come in. He could Well, he we could didn't somehow, think that was even an option, so we yeah. didn't even bring that up, right? Like, we touched right. on that, but we were like, ha, 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 yeah, right, Corbin Carroll top three in MVP. I don't know if we even did touch on that. Yeah, right. You just don't. I mean, (laughs) for as great as you figured Corbin Carroll could be, you didn't necessarily think he'd be top three in MVP voting in his, in his first year in the league. I I don't really think that um, the contract has had much to do with this. Uh, If anything, I think Corbin's done a good job not thinking too much about that and just going out there and being himself. $111 million is a lot of money, but I believe Corbin's making like 1 million this year. Uh, so in, in some ways he's actually not making all that much money at all at this point in his career. That contract was more about the money that's the to future. come later yeah. In, yeah. in his career. Correct. Um, so, but yeah, it, I mean, it's incredible just the way that he continues to show up and it looks like the shoulder is okay. And yeah. that's the, that's the yeah, biggest takeaway sure. here more than anything else. For uh, me. But going back to what we were discussing earlier, Max Scherzer, like you said, was cruising kind of after that home run. Uh, but then all of a sudden the Diamondbacks started being able to to get some get some more dingers off of him and Scherzer's line doesn't look great. Zach Davies line also did not look great, but uh, neither starting pitcher gave them really the win or the loss here. It was basically a push as far as the performance of the two starting pitchers. So as much as we want to get down on Zach Davies for having another poor outing. Uh, he did perform at the same level, basically, that Max Scherzer did. Five and two-thirds innings pitch, five hits. Yeah. Scherzer also had five hits, four earned runs for both pitchers, two walks by both guys. Davies gave up two home runs. Scherzer gave up three. Uh, Scherzer with nine strikeouts, Davies with six. So, I mean, again, not a great outing by any stretch of the imagination from either starting pitcher, but Zach Davies was really not the reason they lost this game. It was the Mets' bullpen kind of coming in and holding the Diamondbacks uh, and making things exciting there at the end of the game. Uh, and the D-backs bullpen, of, of course, giving up four earned runs and three and a third inning of work. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Zach Davies outperforming Max Scherzer, like that's a win for the D-backs yeah. in, in some yeah. ways. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, as you said, the bullpen uh, for the D-backs was just not as good as the bullpen for the Mets. And that's something that's going to happen. The D-backs bullpen has been actually pretty good in, mm-hmm. in recent days. Uh, you know, those those couple of Scott McGuff uh, eventful games, notwithstanding outside <laughs> of outside of that, the bullpen has been pretty good yeah. and has really been more of a contributor to the Diamondbacks winning games than, than losing recently. So some bad umpire calls, by the way, one so yeah, bad during Austin Adams, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, relief appearance that it made my wife leave the room. She just got up and walked out and refused and to watch anymore. The, the downright. <laughs> well, oh, actually, maybe it wasn't downright. They were talking about this on the broadcast. The the Jake McCarthy strike or like not being alert to the pitcher violation. Yeah, where he was clearly alert to the pitcher, but he was kind of he had his foot on the line of the box. Like, which I thought was still legal. Because that's yeah, what I thought to too. And that's I what they thought. Wrong. I was yeah. watching the um, the Angels broadcast yesterday, 
And that was one of the things that they 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 thought it was all legal too. I feel like Ump's just kind of sucked this year. Conspiracy theory? I think the I think Ump's know damn well that the that the the union will not let them make any less when the robot Ump's come. So they're just sucking so the robot Ump's can come and they can make as That's much money while doing half the work. Crazy direction <laughs> for conspiracy. Theory. I think the Ump's are sucking on purpose. I like it because it um, seems like they suck this year. It seems like every game we talk about them struggling with it, not just. Not being that great. Yeah, I, and in past I, years, everyone's always so happy I know. with the umpires. So <laughs> I, this is the I first know. year we've But it that feels problem. like, and I get that I'm probably watching a little more intently, but it feels like every single game at this point. Well, here's what I, I did have this theory early on in the season, and I think that this might hold some water, is that the umps have too much to do. The yeah, home plate umpire has too much to pay attention to, so... He doesn't just have the strike zone any longer. He has these clocks and these timers and these different things. And, like, he's not supposed to pay attention yeah. to the actual clock on the wall. But there's no way you're not. There's no way you're not seeing the giant orange numbers tick down. Uh, but, you know, again, these are just things that are distracting him from his job at, as home plate umpire is making those calls. So, I don't know. There could be some validity to now you just have too much yeah. on the umpire's plate. But I will say yeah. I still love the pitch clock. And I think Same. that we're finally at a point where – Nobody is talking about the pitch clock any longer. Uh, even well, uh, except Zach Davies. After oh, Zach the game. Davies. Did you, uh, did you see that clip, Derek? I did uh, see that clip. Zach Davies after the game. Yeah. Uh, one of the first things that he said in his conversation with the media after the game was he, he talked about how the pitch clock doesn't give you the amount of time that you're used to having to sequence pitches, to think through like, all right, what's what's the best pitch to go to in this particular situation? Sure. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the Mets wound up scoring a couple of runs on on a well not not just a couple of <laughs> runs they wound up scoring a number of runs on home runs uh four altogether there was the three run homer from Starling Marte there was a solo shot from Brandon Nimmo and in both of those occasions Zach Davies talked about how the pitch that he chose to throw just didn't make sense and and uh, he wasn't using the pitch clock as an excuse I don't want to make it sound like that necessarily but he did talk about how the pitch clock presents a challenge and you have to think faster. You have to figure out what that pitch is sooner than than you would have otherwise. I think Starling Marte and, and that at bat in particular, the change up there didn't seem like the pitch that made the most sense. Um, or if you are going to throw that change up, if you're going to double up on it like he did, uh, you, you got to get it down lower in the zone in a one-two count than he was able to. Uh, he said that he would have rather gone with something hard and maybe changed eye levels with Starling Marte to, to switch things up there. So It's, it's interesting yeah. you bring that up because that's the same type of thing that Tori Lobolo said was, go was going wrong with Brandon Fott. He said that it wasn't that he wasn't able to throw his pitches. He just couldn't figure out what was the best. He was like he was – I think Tori said he was reaching into a random bag and pulling tools out instead of sequencing those pitches in a way that made sense that could cause that swing and miss and cause strikeouts or at least cause poor contact. So, I mean, again, that could be a big reason why Brandon Fott continues to struggle. He's used to the pitch clock. It's not to say he's not, but maybe the combination of nerves and, and that pitch clock not giving you much time is what's causing him to have issues as far as that sequencing is concerned. Yeah, uh, There was a really interesting kind of ninth inning situation where the Diamondbacks did bring uh, the tying run to the plate, or it would have been maybe the winning run at that point after uh, with bases loaded and two outs, they they walk Christian Walker, they walk in a run, uh, and the bases are still loaded. And there was a uh, wild pitch that nobody moved on that it felt like a big blunder to me. I mean, I might be making a bigger deal out of it than it that need to be just because the final out then goes to second base 
which there wouldn't have been someone running to second base. It would have been a little bit more difficult of a play to get him over at first. There's kind of a cascading effect, but uh, would you guys have sent them there in that wild pitch situation, considering the direction of the ball and where everybody was going? I want to know what Sean thinks. I mean, I think obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. I think when I saw the ball bounce away, my first reaction was to throw my hands up because, of course, they advanced the runners. Like, go, go, I think, go, go, I think go, my go. gut reaction yeah. at that moment was, okay, they advanced. But, I mean, no. Like, I, I don't I don't have a problem with them not doing it because the reality was is that not one run's not winning you the game. Like, I think, it, honest, sure. realistically, yeah. your best chance of, that, of, of you winning the game at that point is someone – it, with getting a, a big hit, getting a big hit, whether yeah. it's an extra base hit, a home run, something like that, you need base runners. You're not like uh, the chances of you playing small ball all the way around to score to tie in a game. I don't think is likely, so I, I don't have a problem with it. I understand. Um, I like Michael saying if it's closer game, I think you got to send him. But sure. needing needing as many runs as they need in that situation, I don't have a problem with them not yeah. sending the runner there. It didn't bounce that far away. I think it was Dominic Fletcher yeah. at third base, who's who's reasonably quick, but not not especially fast on the base paths. Uh, yeah, I think I think I would agree with what Sean and Michael are saying. If this is a one run game, then maybe you take that risk. Uh, but the reality is, Lord Escurial grounded out anyway, and yeah, it exactly. wouldn't have mattered no matter yeah, what. No, it would have it would have maybe you. made it an eight six game instead of eight to five, but. I mean, can you imagine if if the game ends because yeah. Dominic Fletcher tries gets, to gets gets, gets cut down yeah. coming home? Like yeah. that's a really stupid way to lose a baseball game. But in Alvarez that spot. was the one chasing the ball down, so there wasn't anybody covering home plate, so the out would have had to be made at like third or something else besides going. Well, home. I mean, the pitcher would have come right and yeah. covered home plate in that I spot. Think, yeah. I don't remember exactly uh, where he was at the time, but I think they probably could have made that play. No, I, I agree. Uh, I think the only thing there is is that pressing the action is kind of been the diamondbacks thing right like that's how they've made stuff happen and yeah i mean again it's it, i agree with, with everything you guys are saying the only thought is is that then the mets start to get more nervous and then you're just again you're you're creating that chaos you're applying that pressure you have these speedy guys on the base path and the mets just you know then then can defensive makes mistakes continue to happen pitcher makes mistakes you never know what happens when you start to get those runs in and start to continue to dwindle that lead down and make it a closer game but so uh, so alvarez picks up the ball he throws it over david robertson's head mm -hmm. and fletcher scores yeah and then next guy comes around third and he scores yeah and then it's, it's robertson exactly. chases it. it down he gets the ball he you throws it. it back to alvarez covering home throws it over his head and then that guy scores I mean, and then it looks like a genius a hundred times jesse i will say it a hundred times i will say that like <laughs> when you consider who was on the mound like robertson's been pretty good this year you, yeah you you might look at it a little differently but like you got to try and get runs when you can and make, like you said kind of create that chaos yeah. by make yeah. it uncomfortable but uh, like i said i i think ultimately Hindsight's twenty twenty. You can't risk it in that situation. Yeah, you're 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 right. And I think the biggest thing is there is like you guys said, you don't want to make the final out uh, when you sit there wonder what could happen. Especially considering Loris Gurriel uh, just hit yeah. a, a grand slam a few days ago that that ended up being the difference maker. So that's true. Uh, but our difference maker in this game, of course, is none other than Corbin Carroll, two for four in this game uh, with that home run and two RBI. Corbin Carroll appears on on this graphic quite a bit, you guys and. <laughs> And that's not a terrible thing. No, he's really good at baseball, man. I don't know <laughs> how many times we're going to keep saying it. He's really good at the sport. Yeah. Um, it is just, it is like, it's all, I, I don't know. Sometimes when things don't make sense, I just get angry. Like that's my natural reaction. And every time he does something, I just kind of get pissed. Cause I'm just like, how is this? Like, 
How are you naturally this good at this like, sport it, that's it, so it's, difficult to so many people? It's just like <laughs> games will just be happening, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, he's hit that to left field. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, I guess the D-backs have one more run than they had 30 seconds ago because this guy is just really casually good at the sport. Um, and he's just good, man. I how many know. times he's, did how many times does he almost beat out a ground out that would have been a ground out for any other yeah, any other like, batter? But he somehow makes it a foot race between him and the pitcher. You well, know, that's the thing. It's oh. just like he's he did so many different like he's he's going to hit home run and the next at bat he's going to get an infield single and it's just like both things are really frustrating if you're the other team. He just beats you in every way. Gabriel says he was safe at first. I don't know why it wasn't challenged. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I didn't think he was. <laughs> I, I didn't think he was that. safe at the moment. It, it looked like it on the replay. I noticed that, but really? it was like a weird angle on mm. the replay where it looked like his foot touched the base, but I'm pretty sure it didn't. Yeah, because it seemed like they got there in time. Gabriel also said we might need to establish the Devin Booker rule for Carroll. If he doesn't hit a home run, he can't be King Ooh, Snake. That's fair. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> if you if the Suns they stopped allowing Devin Booker on unless he scored like twenty five points or something okay. like that. I don't know thirty. Yeah. 30, yeah, yeah. 30, so unless 30. he scored 30, he wasn't yeah. allowed. Baseball's uh, just different, though, right? Like, because Devin Booker averages, like, almost yeah. 30 points a game, yeah. right? Corbin Carroll doesn't average to go, like, two for five with a home run. Right. Like, that's, like, that's, that's impossible. That's You'd be fair. hitting 400 with, that like, a 1,000 slugging percentage. We right? will make him our king snake whenever we want to make him yeah. our king snake, and that's the way it works I around mean, here. If, if, if him and, and Geraldo Perdomo had the exact same stats in a game, then I think we probably give it to Geraldo. Sure, in that sure. sure. You get, but you probably yeah, don't give it to Corbin Carroll. The love off. around, but right? I mean, at the end of the day. Um, speaking of weird things that oh, you no. don't understand, oh boy, here's a weird thing I don't understand. Why are the Diamondbacks not good at home when there's a lot of people there, Jesse? Fold under the pressure, I guess. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't have that clutch factor all the way up to a 99. Uh, but yeah, the D backs seem to struggle at home when Chase Field is filled to the brim. So far, I think we have a tweet, uh, or we have a video for Tori answering it, but so far they are 0 and 5 in their most attended games at Chase Field this season, uh, which honestly isn't that surprising because I imagine part of that is playing a very good team that has a uh, fan base that that steps out. But I also, I didn't really see a lot of Rays fans there during that series, but there were a lot of fans in attendance for that one during the middle of the week. I don't know if that's one of the top five attended games, but Jesse might know more than me. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but the defense their weekend had, games with a bobblehead involved. Yeah, or I don't think of any of the Rays games got over like the like the mid twenties, maybe. But there were, I mean, there were over forty one thousand. I think it was forty one thousand six seventy at the ballpark yesterday, which was interesting. I mean. I don't know if the D-backs have ever had an afternoon game yeah. like that. Yeah. Last year, the game was at like 3.40 on July 4th, which was a little weird. Uh, but yesterday, it was just a normal afternoon, 1.10 p.m. start. And yeah, there were over 41,000 people in attendance. Awesome. And unfortunately for the D-backs, yeah, every time they've had... I think it's more than 32,000 in attendance, which has happened five times this year, and they've lost all five oh, of those no. games. I mean, oh, we, no. we, they talk about a decent amount in Coyotes with like why guys come here and are successful because of just the lack of pressure. And I think, mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm obviously just hypothesizing, but like, yeah, I mean, these guys are not used to playing in front of massive crowds. They're used to it being a relatively low pressure environment when they play for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, and that's obviously changing now. Like they're starting to, they're starting to be more and more pressure on them. People are starting to pay more attention to them. And I, I'm not saying by any means they're going to suck as they get more popular, but I definitely think it's going to be a little bit of adjustment. <laughs> it's an adjustment. not used to Chase Field being loud. Well, and if it is loud, they're usually cheering against you. I so. mean, let's say there's a common factor here, right? They've also, you know, they've not passed a lot of the tests we've talked about when they play some of these successful teams this season and the Phillies and the Braves 
some other teams, including those Rays. They also, you know, kind of have this thing as a team where we see them kind of all like nobody shows up offensively. And, you know, part of that is, again, that pressing too much, trying mm -hmm. to be the guy to get that key hit. And that's all pressure, right? That's the pressure yeah. putting on. And that's the other side of it being self, a young you know? team is that yeah. they don't have like a lot of experience playing in high in like important baseball, at yeah. least obviously in major league baseball. So uh, I definitely think having a bunch of people root for you is definitely an adjustment that a lot of the young guys will have to make. And it's probably, I mean, part of the reason why you get a guy like Evan Longoria, because he's been in those. I mean, obviously he's not. I mean, played for he, Tampa yeah, Bay he, is a he little played different for the Rays for a long time. Yeah. He knows what it's <laughs> like to have forty thousand fans. He kind of does know what it's like to play usually without with like no pressure and no one paying attention to you unless the stakes are incredibly high. Yeah, um, I mean, he did play in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, the Giants <laughs> time. I was with the Giants. But I mean, time. I do think that in a way that the 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 Rays is a little more comparable because they were not. That's a lot of guys who were not used to. People really paying attention yeah, to what they were no, doing that's true. And then until they got know, good. Yeah, they got and then all of a sudden, stage, yeah. not that they were necessarily selling out uh, Tropicana even when they were good, but sure, still, sure. Uh, but yeah. I think it's it's definitely an interesting factor. Tori doesn't seem too concerned about it. Here's what he had to say about their lack of performance uh, in these in these big, widely attended games. But do you see anything to that? Not really. Um, we we hear them. We feel their support. I know the guys get real excited. Maybe they're they're over launching with their excitement and uh, we got to find that sweet spot no I, I don't i don't see any connection because there is such an energy to the stadium and i've always felt that when it's as full as it is as it was today that um the noise and the and the, and the excitement and the vibe is is pretty pretty special so i don't think there's any connection to it i think as the season progresses and they continue to have these games that have a you know a, a big attendance they're they're going to get more and more used to it. That's the mm -hmm. idea, right? Especially as they get on a roll, hopefully in the second half of the season. But it, it's obvious; it's something they have to get used to. It's it's only gonna yeah. It's only gonna get worse uh, as we move closer to the playoffs. And if you do make the playoffs, that's those are going to be sellout games. So these are all things that these are environments that the Diamondbacks need to get used to playing in. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree with Tori that there's probably nothing to this yeah. the one thing that i will say could be problematic going back to that jake mccarthy geraldo perdomo miscommunication on that fly ball from a few weeks ago that was because at least according to tori lovello Friend that noise. they just couldn't hear each other yeah. um although there was a lot more to that which we discussed at the time but yeah like that that's something you have to adjust to yeah. i mean that's an actual tangible effect of having a lot of people in the stands that the d-backs are absolutely going to have to figure out if they're playing playoff games. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's only it's only five games. The D-backs haven't, I haven't gone back and, and looked at it game by game, but they haven't tended to have their best starters in these games. It mm. seemed like, I know Zach Davies started the Father's Day game that was the 12-3 to loss to the Cleveland Guardians. So that's obviously a big factor here too is who was on the mound. And it kind of seems like they've just had disproportionately not their best starters on the mound in these games. Uh, I took the money line New York Mets in the game against the Diamondbacks, and I did that based on Zach Davies pitching against Max Scherzer. So funny that that really didn't factor in <laughs> no, to actually yeah, the really game, didn't. but it still won me some money. How'd you do? Did you make, make any July Fourth bets? Um, I well, I got I I did make one July Fourth bet, and I got screwed because I bet on uh, Joey Chestnut over seventy two oh, no! three and a half hot dogs, oh, no! and everything with the you know the delay yeah. and the, the cancellation they that did wasn't they push canceled. Back? They, well. They they delayed it. Reports came out that it was canceled. Shane said that they never actually yeah. canceled it, that those were just faulty reports. They eventually played it on, later on. Um, 
or they I played it, I guess, had the competition later on. Um, and he well under his his listed total. <laughs> um, so I got a little I got kind of screwed by you I'm know, sorry. I'm by sorry. Nathan's hot dogs. Yeah, I get it. Well, uh, hopefully you don't get screwed on your bets. But one way to ensure is, is doing that with bonus bets. Right now, bet MGM players have been receiving a bonus bet upon logging into their bet MGM sportsbook every Friday for the past two weeks. This Friday is your final chance. Do not miss out. Claim period extends through Saturday and Sunday. You've got 72 hours to log in to claim your bonus bet and then 72 hours to use your bonus bet after you log in. So log in at any point during the weekend and claim your bonus bet on the house. Uh, do it now or do it, sign up now if you haven't signed up already uh, and use our bonus code PHNX. You, there's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you place your first bet offer and you will receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Now check out the show notes for full details and listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Michigan. Well, we thank you guys for being here right now on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure to do so. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a little thumbs up. It's Sean's favorite thing in the whole wide world. If you're listening on the audio podcasting side, please subscribe there as well. Leave us a review. We always appreciate your feedback. Most importantly, sign up over at gophnx.com for a diehard membership. We've had so many people saying wonderful things about uh, being members of the diehard uh, community and we appreciate that we love that we're so happy that you guys are happy and if you haven't signed up yet do so right now pays for itself almost out of the gate you get your free piece of merchandise from phnxlocker.com 20 percent off all future purchases you also get that dobson ranch ranch card you get a mountain mike's gift certificate you get so many benefits out of the gate from us from our partners you get member exclusive merchandise you get access to jesse's newsletter full count as well as the newsletter for all of our writers here uh craig morgan He's a pretty good writer. He's over there as well. So you get access to his stuff as well. Don't miss out. <laughs> he's uh, okay. He's all right. Uh, die Hard, die hard uh, Discord Lounge, of course, is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. So much more. So sign up today over at gophnx.com. This Sunday is the MLB draft. Sunday, Sunday, we got a lot of Sunday. fun stuff going on this weekend. Of course, it's MLB All-Star, the start of MLB All-Star weekend. We're shipping Jesse off uh, in a shipping container like Garfield <laughs> used to send Nermal to you know, Abu Dhabi, uh, I'm putting him in a small box and sending him across the country uh, to his home in Seattle, where he was once from and used to do this show from. Uh, and not only will he be there for all the all-star festivities, but he will be there for the MLB draft. So make sure to join us this Sunday because we will be doing a special live MLB draft show. Uh, me and this guy will be holding it down here in Phoenix. Jesse will be providing us updates from Seattle. But uh, the MLB first player draft starts soon. And the, the Diamondbacks have four picks in the first 100 not as exciting as last year having the second overall pick right but the diamondbacks have been pretty good at finding some pretty damn good players around that middle part of of, of the draft picks so mm -hmm. uh not not too shabby they have number 12th uh pick overall in the first round the 48th pick in the second round they have a competitive balance round b pick which is considered the 64th overall pick and then they have a round three pick uh for the 80th overall pick so 
uh, a lot of opportunity for the Diamondbacks to once again improve their farm system. There's no uh, mystery unknown Russians that they're going to surprise everybody by drafting. I can't, I can't guarantee <laughs> that. I cannot guarantee that because you never know. I swear Mike to God. Hazen has scouts everywhere, and they very well could draft four Russians in this it's draft. Gonna, it's going to be the cold war up in I, here if I, I hear another Russian I can't wait to see dude. his reaction when that oh happens. My He's going to lose his mind. I, oof. Yeah. It, it, uh, yes. Don't. No. I don't have a problem with Russian people. I just, uh, <laughs> I just don't want another Russian. That's good. I don't want another Russian. Oh, it's not, I'm it's just not really, like the cheese shop. <laughs> I'm really thankful that I don't have to pronounce the Many names Russian that names. they, yeah. they do Hauk is a lot easier yeah. than Shimashev. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, and speaking, speaking of, that's the shortstop that a lot of people have gone to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Is that right? That is that is correct. Yeah. So. <laughs> you look at the if you look at the four uh I mean I guess there's a, there's a whole bunch of mock drafts out there but three of the four major mock drafts that you'll find out there uh their most recent iterations have the Diamondbacks taking shortstop Colin Hauk uh out of Parkview High School in Georgia it's the same high school that Matt Olson uh one all-star first baseman uh of the Atlanta Braves went to so uh, yeah, Colin Houck is is an exciting young player, and apparently the Diamondbacks have done a lot of checking on him. This isn't just these mock drafts are there. You know, there is a lot of uh, just kind of suspecting what's going on. People sure. don't necessarily know for sure, but there is some reporting involved in this as well. And it does seem like, uh, you know, from what Keith Law and uh, and and Jim Callis and some others have written that the Diamondbacks have done a lot of checking in on Colin Houck, this high school shortstop, and there's a lot of interest there. Uh, he's six foot two, 190 pounds. Uh, Baseball America has all of Colin Houck's tools at 55. Let's go on the 20 to 80 scale. Decent. So he's basically he's got all just, the tools. He has. He does. <laughs> we need could, a tools guy. You could <laughs> yes. You could, you could make a case that he has all the tools. Uh, yeah, he's basically just doesn't really have any real holes in his game. Uh, has a, a good chance to stay at shortstop, but if he did move to third base, I think there's a good chance that his bat would would play there as well. Also um, pitches, I believe. So we might have our new Josh Rojas. I mean, I I don't think like like he's a quarterback <laughs> in high school. I don't know if that necessarily like oh surely he could pitch. Well, I, I thought, I thought, out of, his, I thought yeah, out of his I thought perfect game that. thing. It said that he pitched a little bit. I thought it, it listed him as a relief pitcher. That 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 could be possible. Yeah, I think he did. He did probably some, yeah. That wouldn't that wouldn't, in, that wouldn't in, surprise me. I mean, to it's be high fair, yeah, it's high he was a quarterback. Yeah. Everyone pitches. It's barely a step up from little league where they try oh, yeah. to have you play every position. But I'm just, just saying, that is that is. I feel like the bare minimum qualification for position player pitching. Like yep. if you pitch at some point in high school, then maybe you could be decent as a position player pitching. Yeah. No, there I mean, and honestly, <laughs> when you have a slash line of four eighty seven, five eighty nine, nine eighty one. How are you not attractive to everybody yeah. looking at you? But again, that's high school, right? The one thing that always amuses me about baseball players is they've typically been the best person they've uh, like on their team for for a while, you know, until they start getting to that major league or at least the minor league level. But well, yeah, especially when you're a two sport athlete, like Alec Thomas was a two sport athlete. Like, this kid probably just runs his high school. Yeah, like he's oh, probably yeah. the most. He probably is a big deal where he's from, which is one thing I love about baseball is that like it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to be living in Hillsboro or, or <laughs> Vassalia. Yeah, that's like, true. You, going, get yeah. Real you get humbled fast. real fast. <laughs> you might get a nice matter. signing bonus, but you're yeah, going to live still, in a yeah. small town in Georgia yeah, for a few months. How fun is spending that, yeah. that signing bonus on, on <laughs> like, I mean, 
it honestly would be a problem with me because if I got spent sent in somewhere in the middle of nowhere in the south and all I had was money and time, I'd get fat. Like I would just eat southern yeah. cooking, and I know oh they're pro God. athletes, love- slightly different. I would eat all the time. But it's, I mean, it's not really because again, at a minor league level, you are responsible for yourself <laughs> yeah, much true. more than you are at a major league level. They'll cook for you at a major league level. Yeah, there's nothing stopping level, you from going to get luck, cornbread go get, go and, get. and brisket. <laughs> oh man, oh just Kinda all the fried cornbread. chicken all the time. Uh, I will oh, say I this about. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the, the Diamondbacks do have some uh, players listed that are high school students. They have some also college players. Do you think that there would be a preference going one way or another considering their timeline or whatever? Do you not think that that's a, a big deal for this organization at this point? Well, I recently read Moneyball, so I am out on high school prospects. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. That's, yes. The, that's the big takeaway yeah, from uh, Moneyball. Absolutely. I don't I don't think the D-backs necessarily, and at least from what I've heard, I, I don't think they're necessarily leaning one way or another. I think they're just going to select the best overall asset that they can find. They have gone high school the, the last couple of years with Drew Jones and Jordan Lawler. Uh, but then, you know, is Bryce Jarvis back in, in 2020 is their first round pick. He was a college guy. So uh, they've they've definitely favored high school, um, you know, over the last five or six years. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily rule out a college guy either. Uh, they do have a right handed pitcher from Tennessee that they've been looking at. Chase Dollander, who could also be their selection there at uh, at 16. Right? That's what. Yeah. ESPN's Kylie McDaniel in his latest mock draft. He is Dollander. Going to the Diamondbacks at number twelve, uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, Dollander, pretty big name coming into twenty twenty three, entered the year as probably the clear cut uh, best arm available in in this draft. Uh, so you know, I mean, would be potentially a really big get for the Diamondbacks. What's a little weird is that if you look at his numbers from this season, he just wasn't nearly as good as people expected him to be. At Tennessee, he was seven and six with a four seven five ERA, mm. a one two seven WHIP, twelve point one Ks per nine, three walks per nine. Uh, but if you compare those numbers with his his prior season, he had a two point three nine ERA, a zero point eight WHIP, um, and even better strikeout and, and walk ratios the year prior. So. Little bit of an up and down season for him. Uh, he had a chance to go, you know, top three, top five in this year's draft. I don't think that's going to happen at this point. But I also am not necessarily sure that he's going to fall all the way to the Diamondbacks. Yeah, uh, ninety-five to ninety-seven with his four-seam fastball. He's got good upward ride. Touches, touches ninety-nine. Touches Let's ninety-nine <laughs> miles an hour. And and yeah, as far as I know, the stuff didn't necessarily drop off. He just wasn't really commanding it as well this season. So. Uh, yeah, definitely a, a viable option for them. It's it feels like the Diamondbacks have enough needs, and obviously it's a farm system situation that they they are going to go with the best available mm-hmm. player. Um, and a lot of the other uh, young players they're linked to, it's all a matter of if it falls to the if they fall to the Diamondbacks at twelve. If it hap- if they happen to be there, right? Yeah, the Diamondbacks have gotten some steals. And let's be honest, the guy we've talked about all show long, Corbin Carroll. Uh, Corbin Carroll was selected by the Arizona Diamondbacks, number 16th <laughs> overall in the 2019 draft. Where was Pavin Smith drafted? Uh, Pavin Smith was drafted uh, seven. number 7 That's what I in the 2017 draft. Yep. They also got Matt McClain in the 2018 draft uh, at uh, number 26. So the Diamondbacks have done an outstanding job at finding good players. Like when you look through their list going back through to 2015, uh, a lot of their picks ended up being very quality baseball players at, at a major league level but that, I, I might I might push back on that a let's little go bit. Why? I mean I mean Corbin Carroll yes 
Dansby Swanson? Dansby Swanson, sure. I mean, Dansby Swanson was first overall, so that's kind of a different class of first-round pick because it's literally the first pick in the draft. But he wasn't a bust, though. No, he definitely wasn't a bust. That's fair. But, I mean, like, Anthony Greer. Well, he was uh, number 39. Number 39, that's that's fair. You're not expecting him. Haven Smith, Smith at number seven overall. That was a pretty weak That's a draft, draft, though. though yeah. uh, if you look around at other other guys, Mackenzie Gore was, I think, taken third overall in that draft. He's been pretty good, but a lot of other guys from that draft have, have kind of flopped. Um, I don't know. It, it's just a little too early for me to say that at this point. Like Blake Walston hasn't really proven much. He's had kind of an up and down year at Reno this year for the well, D-backs. Yeah, there's, there's guys that I mean, Bryce yet, Jarvis but... doesn't really look like that much of a prospect at, at this point. That's yeah, why I brought really up to Haven say that, Smith. But. It's a, like it's a crapshoot. Like you get you yeah. get a guy like Paven at seven. It depends, on, uh, and then you get a guy who's in a, a obviously a complete different tier of professional baseball player and Corbin way later. Than, right. I mean, in the first round, still obviously, right. but right. a significant number of picks later than that. Like it's you don't. There is no way to guarantee that this kid is going to be good. That's, whoever they select, no, very true, very true, very, very true. But the Diamondbacks have done a good job yeah. in those middle picks of finding some talent, including uh, they've never picked. 12th overall, but they did have an 11th hmm. pick at one point overall in 2006. It went all right. It went all right. Sort it was of. Max Scherzer. So <laughs> speaking of Max Scherzer. Uh, I don't know. Last time I watched him pitch, he wasn't that good. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I was He's there. Getting, I no. saw it. Yeah. I will say, I mean, I go back to the Zach Davies uh, Scherzer thing. It's it's fun to compare those two in a vacuum, but one of them is making a lot more money than the other that's, one. <laughs> one is a lot, it's a lot easier to swallow one of those true. guys not pitching well than the other. But Jesse, who else do they have here that the Diamondbacks could end up snagging with that 12th? position that you think that they could most more likely go with i know they've been attached yeah. to a lot of names yeah i, I mean it, it is really hard to say it's honestly kind of rare i think to have like a lot of the mock drafts having the diamondbacks at one player at this point but even so there's no guarantees they're going to take colin hawk a few other names that have popped up uh kyle teal a catcher um i don't think he will fall to number 12 but We've seen a number of catchers go pretty high up in, in the draft in recent years, and generally the results there have been pretty solid. Uh, I don't know if Teal is necessarily the next uh, Adley Rutschman or <laughs> uh, or Jonah Heim, who's come on strong this year with the Rangers. Uh, but, you know, a, a catcher has a really good arm and, uh, you know, a good chance to stick behind the plate and some intriguing offensive skills as well. On the pitching side, Rhett Lauder is a name that I think the Diamondbacks would probably love for them for, uh, to fall to yeah. them at number 12. Yeah. I don't really anticipate that happening. Um, he out of, out of Wake Forest, college guy, right-hander, uh, 92 to 95 with his fastball. He has probably the best changeup in the class or one of the best changeups in the class. Um, so I, I don't think he'll be available to the Diamondbacks, but if we're through the first 11 picks and he's still there, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Tommy Troy, shortstop out of Stanford, uh, just kind of a good all-around hitter at the plate. Uh, not necessarily a, a ton of power there, but has a has a chance to to maybe stick at shortstop. Although I think people are leaning towards second base for him, um, mostly due to his arm. Matt Shaw is another name out of Maryland. Jacob Wilson, a shortstop guy. out of uh, Grand Canyon Jake University. Wilson. Yeah, I mean, just local guy. Yeah, why not? Yeah, Let's Jacob Wilson, son of a go. son of a big leaguer too. Always love. Uh, we know we know the Diamondbacks like taking those guys. Sons, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, again, it's the it's 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 the MLB draft, right? So, like the wildest part about the MLB draft is you never know when you're going to see these guys. You never know how soon or how long it's going to take. Corbin Carroll, at one point with his shoulder injury, uh, everybody thought that that was going to cause Corbin Carroll to take a long time to get back mm-hmm. on track. And oddly enough, Corbin has just 
he flew through the minor league system and here he is as a potential you know favorite for the rookie of the year potential mvp candidate and he's 22 years old so the draft for major league baseball can impact impact the team much sooner than you can expect sometimes for that to happen yeah, even even if you take a high school guy, I mean, usually when you take a high school guy, we're kind of expecting like, all right, don't don't get too excited. You're yeah. not going to see this guy for five years. But Corbin Carroll sort of disproved that, right? Yeah. Uh, with with 2020 sort of being taken away from him, and obviously it was taken the, away from all of us, Jesse. It was Let's taken away from from all of us. That's fair. Uh, and then the shoulder surgery uh, that happened very quickly into his 2021 season. I mean. The man basically played the equivalent of like one full major league season uh, between high school and being the player he is right now in the majors. <laughs> so it is possible for for these guys to rise pretty quickly and even more so for college guys. That's something that you kind of expect. It hasn't really felt like that's been the case for the Diamondbacks a whole lot. Uh, a lot of their college prospects have, have taken a little bit longer to to develop. But yeah, like a guy like Jacob Wilson from from Grand Canyon. I mean, he has the kind of hit tool that is not major league ready, but maybe isn't really all that far from being major league ready. So it'll be interesting to see whether the Diamondbacks go high school or college at the end of the day. I think they go best available player that falls to them at this point. And uh, I mean, I think that's the sort of the default the, answer in general. Yeah, answer, that we can right? <laughs> break no news. The Diamondbacks will take the best the player that they think to... is the best overall yeah, well, player at number 12. We'll I feel see. like drafting for fit in the MLB draft is like the dumbest possible thing. You don't know what your that's team is going to really be like dumb. in five years. Like, yeah, you have no idea. Really drafting for fit makes no sense. You just, you and you have want so your... like the chance of any prospect making it to the majors. Yeah, in the exactly. The chance that they ever play for your team at all. Yeah, you're you're drafting. Like the, I think the best you could reasonably hope for is like a trade chip. Like that's the best you can re- reasonably hope for. And if they end up being a, a, I mean, obviously at the top of the draft, it's a little different. But if they end up being a everyday player, like even first overall picks are not a guarantee. So yeah. if they end up being an every, yeah, everyday player true. on your professional roster at all, like you have done more than you could probably reasonably expect from an MLB draft. So, I mean, and arguably Corbin Carroll out of those those three guys that were all drafted in the top twenty. Him, Jordan Lawler, and Drew Jones. Corbin Carroll might mm. be the best player out of the three of those. And, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, saying might is hilarious. 60. Yeah, I know, right? Like, like, because I mean, obviously, <laughs> we don't know. We but don't, it's like, like, how do you not already say he is going yeah, to be the best like, player out of those a, guys? A, he's still early in his career. Uh, but B, like the idea that these other two are not like you can't rule out the idea that they're better than Corbin Carroll quite yet. I so mean, we were having a conversation knows? just a couple months ago about the the guy that pulled the Drew Jones one of one card, right? <laughs> and and how like depending on whether Drew Jones makes, may, the, makes hall the Hall of Fame, yeah. he should either like keep the card or or just like take his go money for and some run. absurd offer that is based on if he makes the Hall of Fame. We're already talking about kids getting drafted, <laughs> making the Hall of Fame, but. Yeah, Corbin Carroll is going to make the Hall of Fame. Stamp it. Put a statue out for the Chase Field now. Build the plaque. Get it ready because it's going to happen. I think they have a little bit of room next to Bay Roofs for yeah. Corbin. But do it inside. I don't want it outside. I don't want to go stand outside. It's hot. You know how hot it is. It's so hot here. I think Cooper I'm so burned from July 4th. I put on like 100 SPF, and I'm still burned. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be outside at all. And thank God Chase Field has a roof. And thanks, thank God, even though it's an airplane hangar, the air conditioning works so well. Uh, it's it's hot. We're not getting we're not looking forward to this crazy heat in the valley, but we are looking forward to what our friends at OG's Brands are cooking up. They have their pink lemonade gummies here. They are live. 
just in time for this unbearable heat. They're limited edition, so do not miss out on picking them up. They're fresh with a tangy lemon flavor and a hint of red berry. Of course, they're delicious, just like all of OG's uh, gummies are absolutely delicious. So grab them wherever you get your edibles at. They also have their sleep edition gummies, their happy balance, and so many more options. If you're looking for a mixed bag of flavors, they have those as well, including their fruits and their cream. So OG's does not miss when it comes to flavor and effect. Get your pink lemonade gummies while you can. Check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can find their products at your local dispensary. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Uh, and shout out to our friends at Illegal Pete's because, again, uh, I know I said it's unbearably hot, but Illegal Pete's patio uh, keeps it nice and cool. So if you're looking for a place to sit outside, enjoy some margaritas, enjoy some wonderful uh, burritos and all sorts of Mexican food, do not miss out on uh, Illegal Pete's. They have their happy hour at all their Arizona locations, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. daily. They have an irresistible drinks uh, menu and a mouthwatering food menu. Uh, everything that you need. Uh, this guy has got the shirt on over here, so do not miss out. Don't miss out on the piping hot queso, by the way. It's incredible. Kick off your week with a Margarita Monday at Illegal Pete's. It's Mailbag Monday here. Then you go to Margarita Monday over at Illegal Pete's. Exclusive to Arizona location. $3 margs all day long every Monday. Nothing brightens up that Monday mood more than soaking up the sun with a few margaritas. Don't forget, of course, they also have their Taco Tuesdays, $2 tacos all day, every Tuesday. Enjoy your favorite chicken, pork, and veggie tacos for just 2 bucks. Swing by and start your week off the right way at Illegal Pete's. Uh, let's take a look at the probables for the rest of this series. Hopefully, the Arizona Diamondbacks can bounce back. Uh, and honestly, at this point, uh, these are these are these are the studs for the Diamondbacks in their starting rotation as of late, yeah. Jesse. These are the guys you want in there, Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson. <laughs> yeah, you got you got one A and one B going against, <laughs> against right. the Mets and the rest of this. That's series. who we needed. That's who we needed in there. Kodai yeah. Senga has been pretty good yeah. for for the Mets this season. I know that the Mets took maybe a little bit of flack over over the offseason. People weren't really exactly sure how Sanga's game would translate into the majors but, but at this point it's translated better than most of the MLB players they've signed <laughs> yeah 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 Sanga's been significantly better than Justin Verlander which is a, a wild thing to say but yeah he has a bit of a control issue he's over five walks per nine but outside of that he's been one of the best pitchers in the National League uh and then Carlos Carrasco uh finishes the series on Thursday for the Mets a guy who was once a very very good pitcher uh, in his Cleveland uh, Indians, now Guardians days. Um, and uh, and yeah, uh, not exactly the same pitcher he once was with an ERA up toward up toward six on the season. Uh, now, obviously, these guys have had their ups and downs this season, but both players for the Diamondbacks, Henry and Nelson, have actually been pretty damn good lately. In his last three starts, uh, Ryan Nelson has uh, a... I'm sorry, 2.33 ERA and an opponent batting average of 169. Tommy Henry, uh, even better, in his last three starts, has an ERA of 1.96 with an opponent batting average of 250. So both of these guys have probably had their last, their best stretch uh, over their last three starts, which are pretty good. Wow, Gabriel says that his dad says that I look like Tom Holland. All right. No. 
No, I can see it. Yeah, I would take it and run with it. I'm not yeah, sure. Gabriel's dad, you are you are <laughs> so off the mark there. It's the, it's uh, the glasses. Right? Yeah, I guess so it's the glasses. We're gonna hear about this all week. My God, I mean, you guys thought I was gonna have a big head for being the mayor. I get that of all the, the time. On it. It's like the tenth time. Yeah, I, I, I got like well home. while we're doing this. I posted on Instagram over the weekend, which I very rarely do, and an account who I do not know just randomly commented to the like, "Is that bad, Bunny?" Question mark. So if he oh my can, if God. he can be Tom Holland, you, I can be What is happening? Bunny. You people need did you people need glasses out there? My God, <laughs> you and the umpires. But uh, I I think the uh, Diamondbacks or I think our show has a commanding lead in the All City standings. I'm not sure. Do we have an update on that, Damon? Yeah, we do. Damon sent this in the chat, and Saul this responded. Is- God damn. This is just absurd. <laughs> we are uh, uh, we've distanced ourselves from the pack. Uh, and we continue to lead all things, all city. Why no can't this be here. the actual? Like, s- screw the rest of the league. Make this the playoffs. Yeah, this Send the D backs to the playoffs against these now. three teams. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Let yeah. us win a World Series. We off should this. have an, an exclusive all city tournament where the one seed plays the four seed. <laughs> and the, yes. So the D backs get the Rockies in the first well, round. Well, it, it works a lot better when all White four Sox. teams suck and no one makes the playoffs. Yeah. They can go, they can do their all tournament. Yeah. Now, I guess we're holding everyone back by being actually good at baseball. Um, I did want to address the fact that I was called the mayor of the city of Phoenix on a national broadcast. We, we did. We talked about this on Monday. I we, mean, we, I, we went. We I'm talked glad, through the entire incident, I'm but you weren't you guys, here. I'm so. glad you guys covered it. But uh, did you guys figure out any any closer on figuring out how this happened? Is it? Am I to blame? Is it I, my I, fault? Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, maybe. I, I don't think it's Kate Gallego's fault. I'll say that. I don't think she did anything to. You know what? Confuse I mean, honestly, if, you, if you're not favorable with your, your with your constituents, this kind of thing is going to happen. People are just going to want to see someone else take over. I think Mo <laughs> earlier said I held a bloody coup and took over the democratic <laughs> process. That's unfair. I did not do any of those things. This but is, is it, the people that do Derek's bidding did that. Derek I've, did, I've Derek never did no met Heidi thing. Watney in my entire life, and I just want to make that clear. <laughs> I do not know where the – like she got most of the story right. See, um, the – Except the city of mayor, my the city of my experience part. with Heidi Watney, I believe she's in MLB the Show. She is in and, MLB the Show, but the, sure. the, yeah. the rendering they did of her is not very oh, good in the video game. It's, it's terrifying. It's um, they owe her an apology. They do owe her an apology. Yeah, um, Elizabeth. Yeah, Kate, Mayor Kate should run for mayor of PHNX. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> what are you I'm afraid sure. of? I don't because everybody wants to run against me now. I don't need her coming here. Oh. Martial law, anarchy. <laughs> we did get uh, we did get a, a mailbag Monday question that was really more for you. We tried to we tried to take a stab at it, but at the end of the day, it was really directed toward you. Uh, Brady Martin asked us on Monday, yeah. "Will Derek be seeking re-election next year? If so, what can we expect his campaign platform to look like?" Oh yeah, like? we couldn't really speak on your. We campaign. couldn't really, yeah. Anti-wave. I'm gonna Ooh. ride on a banning vote. the wave platform across all major sports. You're gonna lose the family vote. Though, like, there's plenty of families. There's plenty. <laughs> no, of people. I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna teach the kids about the rotator cuff See, okay. and how much it's, they can injure I, themselves I respect, in doing the wave. I respect you sticking to it because if you go to a, like a D-backs game, the fact that the wave happens yeah. is enough evidence that you are in the a massive minority yeah. in terms of being anti-wave. Yeah, no, I get At it. Least I, amongst I respect it's a, a politician it's, with that's, principles. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's 100. <laughs> percent That's <laughs> why I'm, I'm. He's getting my vote. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I respect I, it. I run on an anti-wave, anti-James Outman platform, and it's specifically designed for it our is friend David, David Party. That's why I, that <laughs> I whittle it down until I'm really just trying <laughs> to make one man happy. You want one vote, yeah. and it's Damon's. Uh, well. 
Uh, like I said, we're shipping Jesse off to Seattle in a box. Jesse, when do you when do you leave, and what are your plans here for the? I'm gonna really well, enjoy that it, one. I mean, it, it depends on when the UPS guy comes right. over. I guess <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We gotta get you in before two. <laughs> Because I think the pickup is at three. Do we have like so. a red wall for you to call in front <laughs> yeah. of, like like your old days in Seattle? You gotta find like a red wall for you. You had like a red wall, didn't you? That yeah. you did your show in front of. I don't know. That was I think I that was his parents' house. A, I did not have a red wall. Yeah, was that no. here? Yeah, yeah, that was my, here. Oh, yeah. it was here. My uh, my parents. Yeah, oh, my parents' okay. house. Yeah. I knew I that you. I wasn't back. going crazy. Yeah. I knew you had done shows in front of a red wall before. Yeah. No. Great. Yeah, well, now we're talking about me living with my parents. Yeah. When I came you're back getting. Arizona. You're getting <laughs> great. Okay. Well, I didn't know that that was a case. You yeah, didn't. You well, could have just gone with it. We were. Also, there's no shame. The no, there is no shame in that. Family for a year because I had nowhere to live here. I'm not gonna shit on somebody for living with their actual family. Yeah, I will. I'll do that because I'm the adult around here. There will be there to answer Emma's question though. There there will be like fragile you stickers know, on your stickers. Box yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah absolutely i'm gonna nail it shut but there will be fragile <laughs> will, you, will you drill air holes in it or no i mean it's not just throw some like airtight box there? it's like slats yeah there's slats there all, there will also be like the like the this side up era just to make Maybe. sure that it's gonna be like, it's gonna, like, we're basically Maybe. turning this into madagascar <laughs> oh my god that's what gabriel uh, said yes i said earlier Nurmul being sent to abu dhabi but i think that's a much more uh, modern reference i i will say though that i'm excited for your time in seattle i'm excited for you mostly to bring us all sorts of updates on corbin carroll because i know you're going oh to, yeah I know you're going to stalk him while you're there. Yeah, I'm just going to follow him ruthlessly. Out of the bushes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, Jesse, <laughs> you're leaving on Friday, so you won't be here for Friday's show, so we'll be holding it down. Jesse will be bringing us live updates uh, Friday, Sunday, and next week during the All-Star Game, so make sure not to miss us. We have our schedule for this week. Uh, we got post-game shows for Thursday and Friday, and then, again, like I said, on Sunday we'll have our MLB draft show. So make sure do not miss to not miss out on all of this that we have going on. We do this for you. You're the reason why we're here. Uh, of course, if you want to go check out some of the Arizona Diamondbacks games before we get to that all-star break, you can buy your tickets over at Game Time. Of course, Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals, not just for sports, but for concerts, shows, and anything else you want to go to. It's the fastest-growing ticket app in the country for a reason. I will be. I, I want to go to some shows in Las Vegas. I will be waiting until the absolute last minute to buy those. And I'll be buying them on Game Time. Uh, it's the fastest-growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We also have our friends at Bird Dog helping you look good. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as uh, some of these expensive Lululemon uh, pants you got, right? I, listen, I got them for free. I wouldn't. When you got an option like Bird Dog, there's no point in spending money on on super expensive shorts. That's right. I got I got my Lululemon for free. I'll never. Never, never pay that either. much money, but again, exactly. he's getting that kind of comfort out of bird exactly. dogs. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, stiff, restricting cotton. And yes, I am a dad. All of my shorts are cargo shorts, very stiff. Uh, there, it's it's so that when like the snacks for the kids and the <laughs> drinks in your pocket leak, it doesn't make it through. Uh, bird dogs, no, they got they got that whole thing figured out. Uh, they have uh, their invented cloud knit fabric. That looks like khakis but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit uh, without having to sacrifice movement or comfort. Go to birddogs.com right now slash PHNX or enter code PHNX 
uh, for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash PHNX or promo code PHNX for that free Yeti style tumbler. Uh, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Am I allowed to wear them to the to like the press box? I don't to know, like Jesse. Seattle, like I mean, it's really that's the bird thing about bird dogs. Whole, they're so versatile. Yeah, they no, are that's versatile. what I was gonna say. Like they they literally just look like khaki shorts. So as long as you're cool with shorts, yeah. Well, they have pants. I mean, they, I mean Jesse uh, Jesse you know. does have some some long gams there, right? He's not he's not uh he, he doesn't want to hide them all the time under pants, but he still needs to look professional. He has a very <laughs> he has a reputation to uphold, unlike me. Uh, but. <laughs> I will say that uh, shorts like that, they, they're a game changer. And again, we live in Arizona. Like, don't, don't, don't belittle us for wearing shorts. It's a necessity. They've got pants too at Bird Dogs. Oh, they have, they, they have we great got pants. We got Jesse covered. Great pants. Great pants. joggers. Great pants. Great joggers. Sweat oh, pants ooh, and stretch khakis. I love me some joggers. Don't miss out. Go to birddogs.com right now. Also, check out Saturday Neon if you need to decorate your place, your uh, Zoom space, your studio, whatever you got going on. It's a company started by two friends and former college roommates that make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. They're officially licensed for 19 select schools, including that one down south, Colorado, Alabama, Wisconsin, Ooh. Auburn, and many others. Uh, don't make me say it. You know, just go go see. Mike, Mike Luke. Just commented on a picture of me and my wife today. Just back the A. It had <laughs> nothing to do with hey, the, it. Had nothing to do okay, with the University alpha. of Arizona. Getting back to what da Damon was saying yeah. about just yeah, you got to respect the commitment. Like they, he doesn't they care. Committed to the he doesn't care. Read the room. No. What, I don't no. know how to read. No, like I there's no there's I, I'm just back the A. No I'm surprised what. I he didn't it. like respond with a picture of his Saturday neon sign that Listen, I know he has. I there's one right there, right? Too there's one. There right is there one too. right I, there. Listen, I'll never turn it on. I respect Jesse. Jesse, or geez. Uh, you do Mike respect Luke. I do we respect Jesse. Yeah. Jesse. Mike yeah. Luke. Mike yeah. Luke uh, uh, I respect story. Mike Luke. He is like my Derek Jeter. I hit everything he stands for, but at the end of the day, <laughs> he got game recognizes game. And I, I, he's got game. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, game does recognize game. Uh, and we recognize Saturday Neon and their amazing signs. They're great for offices, man caves, dorm rooms, so much more. Obviously, they make a wonderful gift. Go to SaturdayNeon.com and use code PHNX for 10% off your order today. Free shipping on all orders over $200. Well, that's all we got, you guys. You got some Arizona Diamondbacks baseball uh, tonight. Jesse and I will be out there. We'll hope, we hope to see some of you guys out at Chase Field. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. I am at Cap underscore K Man with a K. Sean is at Sean underscore DePaz. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. The maniac behind the Mac, Damon, is at Damon Dog with a D-A-W-G at the end. And, of course, you have to do the little bark. When you follow them, uh, our show is at PHNX underscore Dbacks, but all roads lead to at PHNX underscore Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate your time. We thank you so much. And on behalf of all these guys, uh, we hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you get picked in the first round of the MLB draft. <laughs>